Hey, welcome back to Your Parents Watch This on Comedy Here Off and the official podcast of the Tokyo Olympics because nobody gives a fuck about either of them. <laughs> you know what I really like about the Tokyo Olympics? What? Is all the graphics are still say Tokyo 2020 on them. <laughs> and it's like, just, you know, edit that. You're the Olympics, <laughs> that's, dude. <laughs> that's so funny. You're the most powerful corporation in the world, yeah, probably. Dude, you're you're the only sporting event that can get away with happening once every four years. Like, fucking update your shit <laughs> you're once, You're the only dude. sporting event that can get away with demolishing entire blocks of cities yeah. to build stadiums. Yeah, you're the only sporting event that we all know employs slave labor. And we're like, but it's it's sick. You're the only sporting event whose literal purpose is to displace poor people. Yeah. <laughs> and you still can't hire a fucking graphic designer. <laughs> Man, fuck the Olympics, dude. Seriously, dude, hey, fuck them. Leave this part in. The Olympics can suck my nuts, bitch. Yeah, fuck the Olympics. Hope you get a Kirid. Yeah, fuck the Olympics. Um, okay, so here was what we're going to do. I want to start this podcast off on a, a different note than is typical, Kian. Because this week... Um, this week, you know, me and my boys, we did a comedy show. You know how we like to do that, right? Are you talking? Who are your boys? Me and all my friends. Okay. All the friends that I have. Yes. The crew of boys that I'm always with. Yeah, your nameless boys. Mean mugging folks. <laughs> We're always hanging out, mean mugging people in alleys. Your street gang, just We're hanging out, backs against the wall, snapping to the beat together. Yeah, yeah. Well, most of us are snapping, and then there's one guy who's just flipping a coin and catching it. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, flipping yeah. Flipping it over and over. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh... So we did a comedy show where the premise is, hey, you have to make up brand new jokes on the spot. Now, that means that it's bad. Yes, and also the uh, topics that you're making up the jokes about were suggested by the crowd, yeah. too, is the other thing. And also the crowd knows what the show is, so the only people who come are the ones who want to yell terrible things and see terrible things be yelled. Precisely. So, with all that context established... There was an article written about this uh, comedy show, a, a review, as it were, <laughs> sort of a thing that we like to do on this podcast, right? Yeah. I want to establish a little bit of context here. So um, a, a reporter from a publication that nobody reads, so I won't mention the name, came out to the show, and they wrote a review completely ignoring the context of what the show was and acting like this was us at our ultimate peaks <laughs> yeah. Uh, instead of this was us making up new jokes. Yeah. Now, the article was not about me. It was about a uh, it was about someone else who allegedly said a bunch of problematic things. I'm not here to argue about if the things were problematic or not. I think there's two sides to that fucking story, just like there's two sides to every fucking story. What I am here to argue about is you putting my name with the racism and misogyny <laughs> shit yeah. when I did not say one racist or misogynist thing in my whole set. Dude, that was the funniest thing about the article was it was like trashing like one guy in particular. And then they had like pictures of uh, all the other comedians that they liked on it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so it seemed like and, and the name of the article was comedy battle littered with misogyny, racism, mocked as woke comedy night. Yeah. And uh, then they had that, they had that as the headline. And then like all these comedians that they liked, like their pictures <laughs> up at the top. So it just made it seem like they were the most racist and misogynist. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you had to like read to the bottom of this horrible fucking article to find out that actually, no, they weren't racist or misogynist. But basically, it was like the part that mentions me is just like, hey, this guy is uh, writes lazy and he sucks. And also nobody's ever going to fuck him. Um, 
And that's, you know, fine. Like, I bombed. She did actually say nobody's ever going to fuck you. She didn't say that exactly, but she I just want to say, like, that that's not a bit Brad's doing. She no. did say a version of that. It was heavily implied <laughs> that nobody will ever marry me, actually, <laughs> is what she was implying. But, yeah, so I won't argue with you that I bombed, right? I did terrible. It was awful. My jokes that I made were lazy. I was riffing. You know what I mean? I was yeah. doing the first shit I could think of. Yeah, you guys mind. have heard this podcast. Yeah. Now imagine if you paid uh, $7 to come listen to this podcast. But here's the thing. You ignore the context of it being a riff show. You act like that's me doing my best, and I yeah, just yeah. suck in general yes. off a three-minute improv set. So what I am going to do now is um, go on to your publication's website and review your comedy thing, which is a <laughs> comic strip called Bob the Angry Flower. Now, I have to assume that you think it's funny because it's labeled as comedy, and also it's on the front page of your website. So, um, yeah, and I, like... Before we do this, my beef is not with the article writer. My beef is with the company and the editor who sent their unpaid intern. So here's what we're going to do is we're going to take this editor's uh, probably favorite piece of comedy. I can only assume because it's on the front page it's of his website. Page, so. And uh, we are going to review that. Let's go. Let's go. This is a comic strip. Bob the Angry Flower in Riel Politique. Jesus. Yeah, so it's a <laughs> bit of a political satire here, Kian. Well, I'm not going to pretend like I haven't said real politic on the show before, but yeah, let's yeah, keep it going. Yeah, but when you say it, it makes sense. <laughs> and that's a little bit of foreshadowing <laughs> for what's about to happen. So I'm just going to read you the comic strip. There's a, there's a guy who looks angry. He looks like a conservative man, and he's talking to a flower, right? Yep. And the conservative man says, it's a republic, not a democracy. The flower says, oh, four. And then he gets cut off by the conservative man. And he says, dude, dude, it can be both. And that's the punchline. The flower says that? Yeah, the flower says that. Can I see that just to make sure that it's... Yeah, wow, that really is like the whole comic book yeah you guys might be thinking i read that wrong or misinterpreted it i did not there's two panels where the flower just says dude in it and then there's three panels or and then there's a third panel where he says dude and then it can be both it's also just like is that like is that a take like what exactly so <laughs> here's my review it fucking sucks shit you're not funny you're garbage you're talentless you're a hack your whole publication is the worst. Now, if you want to argue about who has lazy writing, you can go on my Instagram. You can go look at all my bits. They're all up there. The fucking old shit, the new shit. Everything's up there. We can compare the two and talk about, number one, whose jokes make fucking sense. And number two, who knows how to write a fucking punchline. And number three, who's lazy. Um, and you know what? I was going to do more of that, but... Uh, I'm not going to because they're all like that. They don't make sense. Um, there's no money in this. Like, you guys are all unpaid interns. Even the guy who owns this company is an unpaid intern <laughs> for himself. Like, that's embarrassing. And so I just had to get that off my chest off the top because, hey, you can say I suck all day, but you suck too. Yeah. Um, yeah. And as Conway the Machine once said, 
Play with me if you want to. That'll get you clapped. <laughs> now, what movie are we talking well, about? Well, I just uh, I, I would like to keep this going. This uh, I, I like this segment on the show where off the top we address all of our haters. Yeah, we've done this two episodes in a row now. Yeah, yeah. So I I fucking dare someone else to yeah, come. Yeah, yeah, dude. Come <laughs> come for me. Swing for the king. Swing for Brad the angry flower. Yeah, come for the king. You best not miss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. You guys, uh, yeah, I don't know. You're trash. Just quit. You know what I mean? Quit. Just quit your job. Go back to school. You guys all fucking graduated from McEwen with journalism degrees, which is like the dumbest shit I could even think of to do with my yeah, life. Could you imagine going to school for journalism and not just going out and doing journalism? Yeah, like yeah, fucking, yeah. you don't, come on, dude. <laughs> You're yeah. going to get indoctrinated by the state. But it's also like you went to the worst possible journalism school you could. Like, just go to Nate, be an electrician. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Why would you go to the best electrician school to just become a, the worst journalist? Yeah. So I guess my message here is um, you're a fake leftist. All you want is clicks and attention. Um, you'll never go viral because you have nothing new, interesting or important to say. And uh, if you want to make an actual difference in the world, why don't you fucking donate some of your parents' money? Because we know you grew up in a mansion. Yeah, you can't afford or, to be an unpaid intern otherwise. Why don't you volunteer your time like you're doing for this website, except for a real cause? <laughs> and that's it. Uh, let's talk about Edward Snizzerhands, nice. which is what they call me. You want to talk <laughs> about lazy writing? Dude. I fucking, <laughs> that took me three days to think of right there. <laughs> and nobody else has ever done that pun. I Yeah, probably not. Probably yeah. nobody has ever wanted to do that pun. Yeah, I don't know. I might cut all that out. We'll see. I liked some of it. Did feel long, but I did. I do like addressing the haters. Off you should have seen how long what I wrote I, was, though. It's like the vitriol of a madman oh, i here. believe you anyway yeah we're doing edward scissorhands this week <laughs> yeah yeah uh kian you told me in confidence that you this movie scared you right and it gave you nightmares i didn't say and that you cry you I cried yourself to sleep shut after up. you told me you said that you didn't want me to tell anybody about how you cried this after you watched this slander and i'm deleting this episode <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna call me in the middle of the night and call me stupid no but for real i didn't want to watch this movie growing up because i knew it was going to be sad at the end and i wasn't yeah. ready for that i didn't uh know anything about this story at all going into it i just uh had heard of the character before yeah i didn't i i uh, that was kind of the same for me like i didn't really know what the story was which is crazy because i did watch this in school and i literally don't remember i must have just like not been there the day we finished it but I only remember the first half of this movie. And uh, it, was, it was just one of those where it's like, you know, shit's going a little too good in the, these first two acts here. Yeah. Like, there's no fucking way. <laughs> there's no fucking yeah. way this man's getting out. Like, I'm getting out of this theater without crying a little bit. Yeah, it's funny because, like, the whole time you're watching it, you're just, like, waiting for the terrible thing to happen. Like, uh, it was... Like, usually I can, I feel like I can tell where movies are going, but this one just really hits you over the head with it. it like, yeah. everything is picture perfect, everyone's a super sweetie, and you're just like, okay, well, I'm going to get upset at some point. What did you think? Did this movie hit home for you at all? Because uh, the listeners might not know, Brad's moved back into the suburbs recently. Yeah, um, this movie did really... You, do you ever feel like Edward Scissorhands when you're out and about in the neighborhood? Yeah, <laughs> to be honest with you, as lame as shit as that sounds, I, I, 
Because uh, when I did my research on this movie, I couldn't really find any like facts or anything that were worth talking about. Yeah. But I did read some reviews of this, and a lot of people like a lot of people just say it's like a movie about weird guys with nothing to say. And I I disagree with that. I think it is about suburban culture and yeah. um, just like the in group versus how they react to outsiders yes. or people who act differently to them. And uh, yeah, I think it's a really interesting satire of that kind of culture. Oh, it really is. Um, um, I, and it did hit home for me. It was one of the only movies that I've gotten emotionally invested into really? in, on this podcast. Wasn't expecting to hear that. Like there were parts of this movie where I was genuinely pissed off at certain characters. <laughs> uh, there was parts where I actually got sad. Yeah. And yeah, there was parts where I like yelled at the screen, <laughs> which I've never done. <laughs> Man, we've been on a roll for Brad movies lately. Yeah, Aladdin and Edward hard. Scissorhands. And Casino. And Casino. The hits. Yeah. <laughs> which is like, I don't know what that says about me as a guy. But I don't think it's anything good. No, man. I feel like you could really psychoanalyze that to be a real, you know, fucking. Yeah. Listen, if you're an amateur unpaid writer uh, who's looking for a chore to do, why don't you write a big fucking article about how that makes me misogynistic? Yeah. How Casino and Aladdin and the movie about the misunderstood man all come together to form Brad yeah, Savage. Because you want to call me racist for liking Aladdin, but then you see about how I care about the outsider in Edward Scissorhands. <laughs> and you're like, oh, now I can't do that. I don't know. The outsider was exceptionally white. Yeah, but... Uh, Did that know. make you like him more, that he was very pale? No. It made me hate his ass. <laughs> no, but I think you can apply the outsider status sort of any type of way that you want to. Oh, totally. And, like, Edward Scissorhands was undoubtedly an outsider in this movie. Yeah, this was a, a really good um, uh, satire of suburban culture, because I also totally grew up in a neighborhood quite like this one. And uh, the, the neighbor's reaction when uh, Edward Scissorhands, like, first came into the neighborhood of, like, everyone, like, swarming the house, trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah. Uh, that reminds me a lot of, like, when my mom would see a homeless person in the neighborhood. Yeah. And just, like, start calling the neighbors and being like, is any of your shit missing? Like, are you good? Are you, you know? Yeah, it's so weird. It's like the they do it in, like, a weird, fake, polite, like, they act oh, yeah. like they're trying to be friendly to you and like meet you and shit but really they just want to know your business that's exactly it it's not that it's not niceness at all and i think we were talking about this earlier before the show started uh, about how you uh, it drives you crazy and also me crazy when you're like walking through the neighborhood and people are just like hello yeah i've lived in the suburbs for four days so far <laughs> and i am ready to commit a heinous crime <laughs> on the next person who asks me how i'm doing when i'm walking yeah. my dog you don't fucking know me bro you don't know you don't care you're literally just trying to get some fucking shit to talk about uh your other you know bored ass fucking yeah suburbanites with you know like yeah. nobody cares yeah like uh, this is people, just for you it's like uh, it's it shows so well the attitude of like we're going to be annoyingly nice to you until you do one weird thing that we don't agree with. Exactly. And then we're going to ostracize the shit out of you. Well, that's the thing. It's impossible for you to live here anymore. Well, dude, it's funny because, like, you know, people are always talking about, like, cancel culture and all that shit. It's like cancel culture has always existed and yeah. it's just been suburban moms gossiping. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't want to use that term anymore. I don't think it's accurate. I think, honestly, can we just call it bullying? Like, that's what it is. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That is what it is. Like, we can all fucking dress it up as much as we want. Even if we're being fake woke, we can call it call-out culture and shit. But no, you're literally just being mean to a guy for, like almost no reason usually just yeah sometimes people deserve to be bullied i will give you that absolutely but in this case it was just because he looked like a guy they could potentially bully and they were nice to him up to the point where he did like he stepped out of line yeah and they all ganged up on him well yeah it also reminds me a lot of like growing up when you'd be in like like the weird clickiness of school yeah totally where you'd be like with your friends and a new there'd be a new kid in school and you'd be nice to him until he told you one detail about his life that you could make a yeah. rumor about cuz they even spread rumors about old edward oh yeah way. they like uh there's like that fake uh the lady like pretends that he tried to uh can you say the word uh i guess sexually assault is what we'll say uh, she says that to everybody when she was the one who was trying to fuck. Yeah. Because they just decided he was weird now. So exactly. Now we're saying every bad thing we could possibly think of. Exactly, dude. It reminded me like uh, in high school, I was like one of the first of my friend group to get caught smoking weed. Hell it was like yeah. a big deal. Everyone found out about it. And like uh, my friend's mom, Karen was her name. I had like ten friends whose mom's name was Karen. So this now, if we were lazy writers, we would have made a joke about that. But we're just gonna let the name fly. We're not. That's just what her name was. She knows who she is. And uh, <laughs> dude, like, I mean, I obviously like, but I was friends with her son for like years, like since kindergarten. We were friends, and like, I was always at her house. She was always very nice to me. I was always nice to her. Like, we chat about stuff. And then I get caught smoking weed, and she's, like, shitting on me to, like, all the other moms. Yeah. And it's like, oh, you're a fucking cunt. Yeah, that happened to me. You're a secret bitch. It's so funny. (laughs) It's also so funny to be, like, 47 years old and feel the need to bully a child. Yeah, it's like, sorry that I'm in grade 11 and going through it right now. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Like you guys always want to talk about fucking power dynamics. Like, how about a soccer mom versus a soccer boy? Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's like, I'm relying on you for a ride home after. Afterwards, like you have so much power over me right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then just shit talking you to other moms. Your orange slice. That happened to me when I was a kid, and it was for less of a reason. Yeah. Um, I've told this story, I think, on the podcast before, but yeah, I just had I had this friend for like my whole life, and then just one day, out of what I think is nowhere, maybe it could have been for a reason, but I don't remember it. Um, she just banned him from ever hanging out with me. And then she would talk shit to all the moms about me. And eventually she started talking shit about me to my mom. Jesus. And my mom like came home one day and she was like, yeah, Christine like told me that and all the other moms that you're a bad influence and they don't want your kids around them. And it's like, bitch, I don't have any influence. (laughs) I was never the cool guy of the friend group. I was never in charge. I was lucky that they let me hang around. (laughs) do you ever think your friends might just have uh, scapegoated you because that's what i would do all the time is like when i got caught smoking weed my dad would be like where did you learn this from and it's like i you know i figured it out myself but i would always just tell him that trevor uh did it 
<laughs> Trevor was getting me involved. Just Which, like a guy I knew at school, but like I also knew was never going to come around the house. So yeah. I just like pinned everything, every single thing on <laughs> yeah. Trevor. I met that guy recently. Good dude. He is a good dude. <laughs> I still run into him sometimes. <laughs> I like him. I'd like uh, to, uh, you know, thank him for the for the all the falls he's taken from me over the years. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, probably that's what happened. But um, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's just it's a weird thing to do. Like, why would you not just like. I don't know. Why would you not just like address my behavior to me if you have an issue with it? Yeah, I know. And I think like now that I've grown up a little bit, it's because everyone's a fucking pussy is well, the yeah. reason. But that's like the comment on suburb culture that I think this movie makes is just like the weird clickiness and the weird like you have to be in the in group yes. or else you're the one that's getting ostracized yes. next. Exactly. And it just forces everybody to, like, fall in line in a weird, you know, cookie-cutter... Because that's another theme of this movie is fucking cookie-cutter bullshit. Yeah, like, there's no rules to the suburbs, but, like, if... Also, if you do something that any of them don't like, you're done. You're done. Dude, like, it's it's crazy. And it forces everybody in line, but nobody's happy about it. And then you just live these shallow, hollow lives where, like, you yeah. you, you now, the only thing that gives you joy is calling somebody out for being different because that adds a little spice and flavor to your boring-ass fucking life. Yeah, like, and that's how you get caught in the loop of going to the park just to ask people how their day is exactly, going. Exactly, dude. Like, do some introspection. Read a fucking book. Like, yeah. get a hobby, Seriously. dude. Like, it's yeah it's nuts i mean like when i uh right before i moved out of my parents house uh my dad was uh having a feud with the neighbors and he didn't (laughs) even know what neighbor he was feuding with dude uh he (laughs) he, uh he painted his fence blue like all all the fences in our neighborhood were blue yeah and so he painted his blue and then he got uh, a letter on our doorstep the next an anonymous letter on the doorstep and it was just seething about how we painted our fence the wrong shade of blue and my dad, for like, until I moved out and still sometimes now, he'll be like, everyone's a suspect. Like, so he does not trust a single guy in the call to sack got now. A, he got his one strongly worded letter. He's like, no new friends. <laughs> yeah, exactly, dude. Day keep, ones only. I keep my circle small. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, the amount of anonymous letters that go around suburban neighborhoods is like, frankly, embarrassing and disgusting. I mean, see, if this movie wanted, if we wanted to make Edward Scissorhands a little more real, there wouldn't be a single mob of people showing up at any point in front of their house. It'd just yeah. be a lot of letters. Yeah, and then eventually the police would get called (laughs) yeah exactly um (laughs) can i tell you about the current feud that i've been uh uh, sort of privy to uh between my dad and the neighbor for the last four days lay it down on me so uh, you know i'm like not like i'm a adult now i don't really have time for shit like that so it's just funny to me oh totally right but uh our neighbor (laughs) what kind of grow your dad's a cop how does he have time for a feud dude i I don't have time to imagine being a detective imagine like somebody's dead and you're tasked with figuring out who did it and you're like (laughs) (laughs) but also let me beef with fucking daryl you have like oh man yeah you have like 30 open cases (laughs) yeah and then also you're like let me add one more open case um yeah like Uh, i I know we just shat on a random reporter for no reason essentially but like i really don't have time to be getting mad about the way people live their lives if it doesn't affect me anymore and so it's so funny to watch because our our neighbor is just like 
he's going a little crazy. He's getting in his new hobby is having garbage fires all day. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. So he just Oh, a side note. I was walking by a neighbor, one of your former neighbors on White, saw a guy like trying to sneakily burn all his garbage. It was getting very out of hand, but continue. <laughs> that rules. Um but yeah, so what he does is like he just he's got his fire pit going like 24/7 with it's just full of garbage it smells like shit <laughs> no one in the neighborhood can open their windows also so no one in the neighborhood will say shit to him because of the stupid suburb culture right yeah. and so my, <laughs> my dad finally took it under like into his own hands and started doing vigilante justice hell yeah but like he's also he also won't talk to the guy naturally so what he does is um Every morning, he goes over to the fence with the hose, and he sprays it out. Yeah. But he wasn't spraying it enough to where, like, he would just spray it out, and then the guy would just start a new garbage fire every day. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, since I moved back in, he's like, I think he just doesn't want to seem like a pussy in front of me, is my hunch. But (laughs) that might just be me being too cocky. But So what he did... uh, um, uh, after I moved in is he flooded the entire fire pit. <laughs> so now it's like completely unusable, which like honestly, big respect to the yeah, man. That's like, fair. I, I do. Appreciate, I, that yeah. does sound like some shit I might do. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, you got to respect it. It's pretty badass. That is the, a, the guy has to know who did it. And also it's like now he can't do that anymore. Yeah. And we don't have to smell garbage all the time, but it's just so funny to not like address your issues with people. Yeah, to, to, like these are people who my whole life taught me to use my words and now it's like should i actually be using the hose do yeah. i even need <laughs> words <laughs> and now it's like it turns out you're not supposed to run from your problems but you're also not supposed to confront them you're supposed to drown them in the dark yeah what you want is your problems to get really fucking wet yeah. you want to get your problems as wet as you can <laughs> yeah 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 um but yeah like i'm i was very impressed by this movie because i i didn't think i thought it was just going to be kind of dumb to be honest yeah like when I went into it, I thought it was going to be Frankenstein with an even less plausible premise. Yeah, and uh, it turned out to be like an interesting comment on uh, the on the fucking you know the shit that we just talked about. Yeah, no, it it really really was. I thought that um you know this was a genuinely really good satire. It took all the aspects and that were like actually very real, blew them up to a comical degree, so you had no choice but to see how fucking lame they were. Yeah. And uh, bing, bang, boom, you got it. But, Brad, I ask you this. And I answer you thus. Who do you think dressed Edward Scissorhands in all leather? Was it him or his daddy? Mm. His leather daddy. Nice, dude. That's a fucking riff. We should use that as the clip. I don't know. That's a good question. Uh, I think probably... If I had to make a guess, it was probably that scientist. It was a scientist. There was diagrams of him in the book. I just really, man, I fucking love the idea like that scientist was going to make a man. And, you know, because like they they showed like some of the, I guess, earlier iterations of it, like in his in his like notebook blueprints or whatever. And uh, it like started off as like a straight robot with scissors for hands. And then it became a man with scissors for hands. And then it became a man with hands for hands. And it's like, <laughs> why did he ever have scissors for hands? Yeah. yeah, dude. Because the way I understand it is he was trying to make an anatomically correct fake guy. Yeah, yeah. And then he just like didn't get around to switching the scissors to hands. My question to you is, 
why would you put scissors as the placeholder and not just have no hands? I was just gonna say, like, you saw how hard he had, like, how hard of a time he had, like, moving stuff around with his scissors for hands. <laughs> yeah, would have been way easier if he just had no hands. Genuinely, yeah, I've met people with no hands. They have a tougher time than us, but like, they still can function in There's society still, like, and shit. One, a year of no hands. It's like pretty impressive to watch how dexterous they've become with just two single nubs. Yeah, and like. You turn that shit into fucking scissors, all of a sudden... He's got no chance, dude. Everything is complicated <laughs> now. There's not one easy thing in your life anymore. Unless it's, like, scissor-based activities, which, like, yeah, he was awesome at. But <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. You gotta give him that. That is a good he point. He did kill it at uh, lawn care, yep. hair care, mm-hmm. dog care, mm-hmm. end of list. Yeah. Lock picking. But, like... <laughs> <laughs> he, did, he was a good lock picker, too. <laughs> Everything else, it was just way worse. Um, but yeah, no, I did like that. And I will say that, uh, also this movie had a killer aesthetic, like, man. Yeah. The, the I, town was beautiful. I haven't been a big Tim Burton fan for like my whole life until we started doing shit on this podcast. And like, I loved his Batman movie. I loved this movie. We got to cover Beetlejuice coming up very soon, but even just like watching the title sequence in this movie, you could really see how much of his style permeated into the Batman, uh, returns universe. Um, yeah, I don't remember Batman Returns at all, so I'm just going to default that right back to you. Okay. A lot of the prop design on that movie, uh, it, it was very similar to the props in this movie, and I appreciated yeah. that. It was cool to just see his style. It was really cool. Like, as a guy who uh, thinks um, the suburbs, like, my opinion of the suburbs is, like, it is sort of sick and depraved, and it hides it under a sheen of respectfulness. Yes. And I think the just the way that... um this movie looks it really like communicates that very well oh totally everything's all like pastel and like just beautiful and uh you immediately go into this movie being like there's no fucking way that it's just gonna be like there's nothing under the surface here you know oh yeah exactly i mean it and the way that they juxtaposed a lot of it too was very very good there was a couple of shots where they would just you know show the um uh, like Edward's big horrible castle on the top of the mountain and like the reflection of a mirror so you could still see the rest of the beautiful picturesque neighborhood yeah. around it like shots like that were really really cool and also uh, one thing I noticed um, watching like the 4k ultra HD version of this movie uh, the lawns were like edited to be even like greener than they should have been oh like they were that's interesting they were like fucking greened up like very very overexposed and like really fucking doubling down to make to make this place just picture perfect yeah i didn't know which camera word um it was but i knew there was some sort of weird camera thing going on because just the colors are like i mean it's just so beautiful very beautiful and uh but it's also shot in a way that just sort of tells you like it's shot like fear and loathing in las vegas is where it's like a little bit janky yeah yeah were you yeah exactly were you it's it's crazy how they're able to convey such feeling in this movie without showing you how anything is wrong yeah like especially like you were saying in the first little bit of it everything looks perfect but it feels bad yeah and you can't really put your finger on it until you know you start to get to know the characters a little bit and see how shitty they are exactly and um did you read any reviews of this no i i do think this movie was like i don't think it was given 
as much respect as it maybe deserves. Really? Because I feel like I haven't read any reviews for this, but I did. I do feel like this is a pretty culturally important movie. Like I remember talking to people just talking a lot about this. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I just thought, you know, it was cool and alluring because I fucking there's something to be said. Like everybody knows I have a thing for cool looking goth protagonists yeah that's true we but do love uh anyone who looks goth we're big fans of, i do love hell if there's any girls listening to this yeah that, uh, dress weird yeah if there's any never mind <laughs> um, yeah um i haven't talked to too many people about this movie so i don't i can't comment on that i just mean critically yeah like roger ebert uh, doesn't respect Friend of this the show. movie. Oh well, uh, Robert Roger Ebert knows how we feel about him. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More like Roger <laughs> suck my dick, Bert. Uh, uh, yeah, you know what I mean. And I wrote that one too, so <laughs> maybe you can call my writing lazy. But um, yeah, I just think, uh, man, it's like it, there's a lot of one to three star reviews of this movie that just sort of miss the whole comment of it. They're just like, hey, this is weird. And I see and like I could kind of get how they like because if you, if you don't get like the satire that's going on in this movie, then I, I do get how you would see like, oh, there's not really a lot happened in this. Because, I mean, for probably the first two-thirds of this movie is it's mostly just kind of vignettes of Edward Scissorhands doing things. Like you have yeah. him... Uh, but it's also, like, important to the plot, I think, and what they're trying to put forward, uh, which is, you know, like, he basically spends uh, the first, like, two-thirds of the movie beautifying the neighborhood, where it starts off as awful and cookie-cutter, and everyone's the same, and everyone conforms. He comes in, and he does all these crazy hedge trimmings for everybody. He cuts all their hair all wacky. He does up their dogs all fancy. Yeah. And uh, by the end of, you know, like, uh, before the third act, basically, everyone starts uh, when everyone starts to turn on him, He's a beloved figure. Like, everyone thinks he's sick. He's made everybody objectively better. And I think that's kind of a commentary on how, like, you know, just everybody being the same and cookie cutter and visibly perfect might not actually be the best situation. You know, you need a little bit of some flavor, some spice, some danger in there almost to make yeah. shit interesting. Exactly. Um, and I, I also, I really like that uh, aspect of the movie because it makes everything look even more like fucking manicured and weirdly perfect, yeah. but also wrong in a way that's hard to describe. You know what I mean? Uh, wait, do, do you mean like before he does everything or after he like after like up? when everyone has those fancy hedges and like everyone's got weird fancy haircuts and he yeah. does all the dogs in ways that rich people have uh, dog haircuts and shit. Uh, I think that like it just adds to it. And I will go on record as saying, I think this is a legitimately great movie I could have done without the fucking uh, bedtime story parts at the beginning and end. Yeah, that was kind of weird. I th- I that thought... was weird. The girl's like, Mom, how did snow get made? And she's like, let me tell you about the man with scissors for hands. Yeah. <laughs> it's I th- like, stop telling me about that. I-, I thought those parts we could fucking just completely take or leave. Like, not even take, actually. Just completely leave, and this would have been a great movie. I wish it would have ended in the scene... Like the scene where um, the girl holds up the scissor hand and pretends that uh, they both died. Yeah. I thought that could have ended you know, there. And I thought it was um, rather lame that this movie ended the exact same way as Threat Level Midnight by Michael Scott did. 
<laughs> where it's just the narrator being like, and how do I know that? Because I am Michael Scar. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but other than that, I do think this is a great movie, and I will debate anybody who doesn't think it's great. I agree. This was great. My only thing, my only disagreement with what you said is I did really like the ending where uh, it showed him peacefully up at the top of his mountain, you know, just making beautiful sculptures for himself. And everybody in the town, could they were enjoying the snow. They were enjoying all the effects of that he created. And it kind of shows, like, yeah, they didn't accept him, but they needed him. Uh. And I think that's, like, a very big comment on that kind of shitty suburban culture where you need some fucking pizzazz. You need mm-hmm. some fucking anything interesting to happen to you. It's, like, the difference between living downtown versus, like, living in the suburbs. Like, I felt a lot more consistently inspired when I lived in a city center, when there's shit happening around me, when there's other people being creative, when there's other people not being creative, when there's, you know, homeless people shitting in alleys. Like, that. Fu- I like that little extra bit of danger, Can you we know? say unhoused folks with an X next time? Yes, we can. Shitting in alleys. <laughs> <laughs> I love that fucking progressive shit where you're like, yeah, you can still talk about them shitting in alleys, but yeah. you gotta say folks with an X. Yeah, I saw an unhoused folks uh, <laughs> shitting everywhere. <laughs> I opened my back door and in a, a down-on-his-luck gentleman was uh, squatting. <laughs> And shitting onto the concrete. Oh, dude, there's no way we don't get a hit piece written about <laughs> us after this. But yeah, I agree with your point, actually. I shouldn't have been so dismissive of that end part. I also think um, that end part is a, a great commentary on, like, hey, you don't need to be accepted by these people. Like, yeah, that's the other thing, too, is, like, he you, he wasn't getting anything out of their relationship yeah, they, they didn't get him, him the they were just movie. fucking sapping his creative beautiful energy from him they you know everyone got their haircuts uh that lady tried to bang him and like it did nothing like they didn't do anything for him they didn't yeah. reciprocate it they didn't even like and it's not like no they one had even to... paid him for his work well i was gonna i do think it's beautiful that he refused to get paid and he even resisted uh when uh the dad was like you're not getting paid for this ed well, yeah, I think that's beautiful on his part. I just think it's fucked that nobody tried to pay well, him. Oh, yeah, and it's like not even, like, forget about trying to pay him. It's like nobody even wanted to hang out with him. Yeah. After they after he fucking did it, did his shit, they were just, like, done with it. Uh, the only person that's who true. wasn't was, uh, actually, most of that, that whole family was very good to him. Uh, yeah. And then the daughter, obviously, who did come around uh, to Edward at the end. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, everyone just fucking sapped his shit. They didn't appreciate him. You're right. Um, I also, yeah. Also, I'm going to go to the washroom before we start the next thing. Okay. Hey, it's time for a Brad Semituck fucking solo podcast. What's up to all the fans? Um, I'm just wondering if anybody, you know, wants to uh, talk. I'm very lonely, um, personally. I, uh, I don't really get a lot of... We really started this podcast just as a, sort of an excuse to uh, connect with the different folks. And, um, yeah, okay, well, this bit's over. Fuck it. I got a whole fucking team. Whole fucking team's coming to get fish and chips with Who's me. coming out? All the team. Hey, should we give some shout-outs? Yeah, let's give some shout-outs. People no go reason? crazy for shout-outs. Yeah, shout-out to Adam Dick. Shout-out to Matt Aladine. Shout-out to Adrian Creole. And 
a possible tentative shout out to Will Hannigan. I'm still waiting to hear back from him. <laughs> but we're going to get fish and chips with the boys later. I'm oh, pretty yeah. excited about yeah, that. Yeah, me too, man. Yeah, I so, fucking love fish and so chips. So send your fucking reporter down there and review us eating fish and chips yeah. and say I do it bad. Yeah, tell me, tell me I'm lazy when I eat fish and chips. I think I'm actually more mad about this than I'm letting on. Oh, I can tell. You're, you've brought it up every time we've hung out. <laughs> have i yeah <laughs> well i uh, twice up... we've hung out twice since it came out in all fairness yeah well in all fairness to me i brought it up yesterday because i we hadn't talked about it yet that's true that's true that's true i'm throwing you under the bus and today it's funny. I, I wanted to do that bob the angry flower thing. yeah and we'll see what happens tomorrow tomorrow you're that's the <laughs> end of it you're not even gonna, you're not even gonna see me tomorrow <laughs> tomorrow i'm gonna be floating down the river because i thought about it too much uh i would like to give a shout out here to uh the mean boyfriend in this movie you'd like to give him a shout out because yeah. okay did you recognize him anthony michael hall yep but that's only because i read an article what's he from uh he was the nerd in the breakfast club so i would just like to acknowledge the glow up from yeah. nerd to jock yeah. Well done, Anthony Michael Hall. Good job getting cool, dude. <laughs> yeah, that's sick that you... <laughs> Man, there was one scene in the movie where he... Uh, they were. He, he... It was like towards the end where they were going, trying to go kill Edward. Uh, and he's like hammered. Him and his friend are like hammered in the van. Yeah. And uh, then he like yells at his friend to like go dr- uh, drive. Yeah. And uh, that really reminded me of uh, uh, starting out doing open mic comedy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, being drunk and forcing someone else to drunk drive is like one of the coolest things you can do. Oh, it's sick. Yeah. And you're like, like, dude, I don't care if we die. I need to go home. Yeah. And I'm not paying $11 for an Uber. (laughs) (laughs) My life tonight is not worth $11. You're like, I want you to put your life in your hands and also my life in your hands. Yeah. That man, that's such a funny thing to be just yelling at people to put their, our lives in their hands. Yeah. Fucking. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it just reminds me of, like, figuring out who the least drunk is and being like, all right, you're driving. Oh, totally. I remember doing that one time. Uh, I invited two of my friends to crash a work party. Yeah. I just, you know, told them to tell everyone they worked at the downtown location, and they just got in. Absolutely. That was the, is it snowing in here party? That was that one. And eventually (laughs) they, they they just showed up and asked everybody in there if it was snowing until they found cocaine. Yeah, and uh, they did, and then like they both did a you know fair amount of blow. We went to the strippers after that was part of the work party too, uh, and then just got hammered on cocaine. And then we're like, okay, time to drive home. Yeah, and uh, we all—I uh, don't have a license. My one friend, it was his car, uh, but he like had never done like drank and done cocaine before. And then our other friend, it, he it wasn't his car, but he loves doing cocaine. So we we're like, okay, you're probably the best one to drive us home. And I was like passed out for this story. Like I don't remember it. And then he, uh, went to pull out of the, uh, he went to like pull out of the parking spot and he smashes into the car behind us and then goes forward and smashes into the parking (laughs) barricade. And like, I was blacked out, but I remember feeling that. (laughs) And, uh, yeah. Then our other friend drove us home. So yeah, sometimes the math doesn't quite add up. Yeah, and hey, listen, if anybody thinks that that's problematic, uh, grow the fuck up, dude. Yeah, hey, like, welcome to the real world. It's called handling your business, I was bro. passed out, unresponsible for that story. Listen, if I'm just like, a guy who didn't die that night. If you're thinking to yourself, oh, you're putting other people's lives at risk, not just your own. It's like, if you're driving at all after it's dark out, you're putting your fucking life in everybody's hands. Oh, yeah, dude. Gotta, also, 
You got to stay on point, okay? Look around you, keep your head on a swivel, because I'm drunk driving. <laughs> and also, remi- I just remembered a thing of, uh, I forgot about drunk driving downtown, man. <laughs> That's, like, such a specific way of drunk driving, too. Uh, where, like, I remember at fucking, uh, 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 at Urban Tavern, when that was still a bar, yeah. uh, me and Alicia were talking to another comedian who was like hammered mm. and planning on driving home. And she was like, like, are you sure you want to do that? Like there's check stops out there. And he's like, man, I'm taking alleys the whole way. Good impression. <laughs> now I know exactly who it was. And so does everyone who listens yeah, to this. But I didn't name him. So if you know him, then you know him. He shouldn't talk like that. <laughs> <laughs> but like that was like a strategy it was just like how am i going to get caught i'm only going through the alleys which is honestly that does work yeah. i don't want to advocate drunk driving but i also want to say don't be a fucking pussy dude people do that yeah seriously um now here is oh uh the avon lady like yeah. so kind what Very a sweetheart kind. i like the the type of kind where like I would have to be mean to you just just so I could like not feel off my guard. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like uh, yeah, preemptively strike. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like yeah, it's it's really impressive to me how well the fakeness of it all is captured in this movie. But it's kind of weird too because there's certain like I I really do feel like a lot of the people in this movie were totally completely fake except for that core family. Like, they genuinely did have his back. The Avon lady did, did seem fake off the top. That's true, actually. Yeah, yeah. But all of her actions through the whole movie, she had Ed's back the entire time. She was, like, great to her family, just genuinely a very nice person. And, uh, same with uh, the brother, same with the sister. The sister did fuck with him, but she did come around at the end. And then the dad even, like, genuinely had his, like, not really had his back, but liked him the whole time, which That's is true. a lot more than, you know... A dad of that era should, you know, I've never seen a dad be that nice to a goth guy, let alone yeah. a goth guy in his house. Yeah. My dad would get furious when we'd go to Safeway and the cashier would just have piercings. Yeah. She, he'd be like, that's why she's working at Safeway. And it's like, no, she's working at Safeway because she's 16. Yeah, my dad goes way harder than that because he's like, why the fuck would Safeway hire someone like that? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, let's go back to the uh, cool bully guy yeah. in this. Um, I got to say, it's up for life. I don't like how he snaked my boy Edward. Don't like it at I all? I thought it was bad. I thought it was not cool at all. Um, and I like... Edward was like he held it down, man. He was a good person in this movie. He, he didn't, was. He didn't snitch, even though they let him, you know, take the whole fall for that whole thing. Um, the one thing I will say though is when the cops show up and uh, they see Edward has scissors for hands, and they keep telling him to drop his hands, like that really should have taught our parents to defund the fucking cops. Totally. Invest in some de-escalation. Even techniques. in 1990, they were like, "Well, th- well we have to kill him." Yeah, there's like, no. Ch- I really don't want to look at how white he is. We have no other choice. We seriously need some like psych guys and some guys who know how to de-escalate things because, like, I mean, that almost ended terrible. I still think the psych guys should have guns. Yeah, I, I mean, would like course. them to all be very tactical, trained psychologists. Do you know how often I lie to my therapist and how little I would do that if she had a gun on her waist all the totally. time? Totally. 
Well, you couldn't. Yeah. It'd be impossible. I'm in my therapist's office just, like, pretending that I'm innocent in every story. Yeah, I know. People are always like, oh, you can't trust, trust uh, the, you know, self-reporting metric. It's an unreliable metric. Like, what about, like, uh, self-reporting at gunpoint? Yeah. Have we considered that? Exactly. What about if your therapist waterboarded you until you told her all the bad things you've done? (laughs) Wouldn't that be funny? A new type of therapy and it's just torture? Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, (laughs) Tell me about your relationship with your father. And there's just like a gun to your head. Yeah. Wouldn't that be funny? Breaking all your toes. I really hope that happens eventually. Like, I hope uh, uh, the woke crowd comes around on torture. Yeah, but only in like very particular circumstances. Yeah, they're like, it's good for you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Obviously, torture's not for everybody. Yeah. But talk to your doctor about it. Yeah, yeah. They're like, <laughs> it's a personal choice whether or not you want to get tortured. Yeah, naturally. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, you know, what's right for you isn't always right for me. <laughs> yeah, um, I didn't like the boyfriend. The boyfriend was like, I will say, Anthony Michael Hall did an excellent job playing a guy I fucking hated even before he became a problem. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he did do a good job of making me hate him. Like, I, I got genuinely angry when he, uh, when he just let Edward take the fall for that. Yeah, I thought that was fucked. Honestly, I really just didn't like the way he uh, behaved at dinner, the first dinner. He was very much kissing up to, uh, to the daughter's dad, and it just, I didn't like his presence. You don't do that to people's dads? Absolutely not. I make him kiss up to me. Yeah. What, yeah. How? How so? I just you kick know. me a scenario here. I, I don't want to do that. So you're like over at a girl's house for dinner, right? And you're you're talking to the dad, and he's like, "What do you do for a living?" And you're like, uh, "You're like, uh, I don't know, fucking make money." <laughs> yeah, I don't know, fucking uh, earn enough to buy a good steak, <laughs> dumbass. Yeah, shit like that, man. I, I was wanted to give. I really wanted to give you an example, but I have not met a girl's dad since my high school girlfriend. Oh yeah, and he was one of the weakest men i have ever come in contact with really dude oh yeah like it was such a funny dynamic at that house (laughs) he like left her mom and got like this younger wife who like you know wasn't even like that crazy looking you know just younger just younger than he was it's so and then and then she uh he was like very wealthy and she like made him get married without signing any prenups or anything and also get this her last husband died under mysterious circumstances (laughs) 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 oh so then how did the dad like find his way back into that family uh he he didn't i mean we i just hung out with two separate separate, families yeah okay yeah, so, no, yeah, it was huh. it was fucking awkward hanging out there because like I know nothing about that guy other How than. How do you know that they didn't get a prenup? She told me she was furious about it too, and the whole family like they knew that this chick was bad. Like that's how I know her husband, her ex husband, died under mysterious circumstances. Is they had to hire a, P- a PI yeah. to look into her background because she was so mysterious. They had like no contact with any of her uh, extended family, any of her past friends, or anything. Now look, I know you're shitting on this guy, right? But like, oh my god, I want someone like that so <laughs> bad, bro. I want. I just want a scary woman to tell me what to do. That's all I want in my life. Dude, yeah, she was so scary. Like, I I promised my ex, like, hey, even if, like, you die, like, years after, like, we've been broken up, like, I will will look into your death as if it's a murder. Like, that's how fucking dicey this lady was. Do you realize how insane what you just said to me was? Dude, how are you going to do that? What, like, I'll fucking handle it. What, you don't think I could solve a murder right now? 
Look at me. I'm sitting cross-legged in a chair right now, here's dude. The thing. I can do whatever you need me to do right now. Here's my Throw thing. me a problem. I think you could... I think out of anyone I know, you're the most likely to accidentally solve a murder. <laughs> I don't think you would have any idea how to start a murder investigation. Now, yeah. correct me if I'm wrong. Because I wouldn't need to start one. I could just be like, she did it. Investigation over. Yeah, You'd plant That's her me, fingerprints. Dude. Well, because the thing with cops is they have to get hung up on evidence and all that. Me, I'm just <laughs> gut feelings. <laughs> I'm just, I, I keep telling you about how I'm firing from the hip all day long. I don't see how this would be any different. <laughs> so you're telling me, you're not telling me you're investigating it. You're telling me you're falsely accusing No, I'm somebody. telling you I'm solving this murder. Okay. I'm telling you that I am correctly solving a murder. That I mean, I guess we could start a private investigation firm where we just tell them who we think did it, but we like commit to that person definitely. I mean, what else it. is anything other than committing, you know, figuring out who you think did it and committing hard? Hmm. Cops just have, you know, more fucking loop hoops they have to jump to jump yeah. through. But me, I'm a private citizen. I can <laughs> I can say whoever murdered somebody I can just, you know, accuse. <laughs> I can accuse, and you can do with that information what you will. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, sure. And then you don't even have to, like, arrest people and send them to jail. You can just do retribution murders. No, yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. I accuse you, I have convicted you, I have sentenced you to the death penalty, and that's why I'm in your house with a screwdriver and a balaclava. I'm going to be a PI who's a judge, jury, and executioner. Absolutely. I'm going to be, like, dread. I would judge dread. Can I tell you how much i would love to watch you hang somebody yeah dude i'll I would, do it a lot i would love that I'll and do it. not in any sort of insensitive um you know not in any sort of like a you know way that would be um the traditional maybe the sort of uh past use of hanging we're strictly hanging we're not lynching yes yeah, yeah, <laughs> we're thank a strictly you. hanging household <laughs> <laughs> nothing racial about it <laughs> yeah it's it's only you know well it's maybe not even only but it is just hanging <laughs> um okay that's that's good yeah, it's crazy how, like, they all instantly show up with questions, like, just to investigate. Like, it, that thing about you being a private investigator, that's almost how everyone in the suburbs acts. Oh, it really is. And they're like, I have to figure out what's going on here. And it's like, no, you don't. Yeah, just shut the fuck up. You don't have to know anything. Go home. Just worry about what's going on in your house. Yeah, nobody, like, every, it's weird. Like, everyone has their fingers in everyone else's business it's so annoying dude like if i ever moved into the suburbs i would be like everyone would hate me i would be like the least favorite i would have like the worst fucking lawn i would have bushes that like you would not be able to see my house with how many fucking big thick fucking bushes i'd have the craziest thing about this that shit is like if you don't shovel your driveway for long enough somebody else will just come do it and be pissed at you for that oh it's fucking it's like, hilarious get out of my ass <laughs> yeah i know like i've been I'm so mad about, like, the the people there. Like, it's nice to live in a place where I don't feel like I'm going to die all the time. But, like, I, like, I've been parking my car in different spots on the street in, like, I parked my car in a, in another cul-de-sac last night just because I don't like when people fucking look at me when I leave in the morning. <laughs> Everybody's always, like, got their eye on you. Yeah. They're fucking waving. Like, ugh. I'm going to. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway. 
I'm going to redact somebody if they keep smiling at me, that's for sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I really fucking hate that shitty suburban life. Do you think there's a remedy to it? Do, Do you I w- think there's a remedy to it? That's is there a way we could question. change people to, you know, make that type of thing work? Or do you think that our only option is to live in the inner cities? I mean, I honestly, like, I don't see a reason for suburbs to exist. I yeah. don't, I think it's problematic just like in a lot of different ways, like genuinely, like in, I mean, they're created as an escape for people who don't want to be around a, anyone different from them, b anyone who's on a lower socioeconomic thing. Yeah. Like I talked to my parents cause, uh, I was born in um like a Can I in, see your thing? Yeah, I was born like it, like they used to live in downtown yeah. and I was born there and they were like they literally said this to my face. They said it, um we had to move because everybody where we live now is uh the same type of person. Huh. Uh and if we went there it would like yeah. Yeah, and they said like they moved there because everybody is fucking monotonous. And that is a terrible way to raise people. Like, people grow up fucked oh, from well, the dude, suburbs. I mean, I was just going to say now, it's like that's probably how a lot of this, the people in this movie came up. Like, they grew up in the suburbs. Yeah. They've seen the same exact type of person their entire lives, never seen anything else. And then all of a sudden, something different happens, and it's fucked. Yeah, it's very evil and sinister, and I think genuinely the only way to solve that is to not have suburbs, which I don't think is a realistic thing at this point. I don't think so either, and here's the... There are aspects to the suburbs that I genuinely really like and miss uh, compared to living uh, where I do now. Um, Like, I remember when I was a kid, it was so fucking sick to just be able to wander around in the middle of the night and, like, go to a park, go to a field or some shit. It's way better to do that in the city, though. I mean, yeah, but you kind of have to watch your back to a certain degree. Like, I don't feel like, which I like about the city. I see, and like, I like it's fun to a degree, but like sometimes I just, I just miss the fact that I could go wander around and be perfectly safe. Nothing was going to happen. Like, I do, I do like shit like that, but I also don't think that that makes a good, well-rounded person. At the end of the day, what do you? Sorry, what? What doesn't? Just what I was saying, like that shit that I like, just being perfectly safe all the time. That's not good at the end of the day. Like, that's how you get those fucking people in this movie. You shouldn't grow up like that. Like, I I, I don't know. It doesn't turn people out good at all. I feel um, like... Sorry, what? It's like... It's also just... I don't know. Like you can be so in like up your own ass when you don't have to worry about anything all day. Like seriously, you just walk around at night. It's all peaceful and quiet. And you're just like, you're like, Oh, I'm the sickest fucking guy on the planet. You go, uh, you walk around outside in the city. If you're walking around like the sickest fucking guy on the planet, somebody is going to bully you. Yes. And, uh, I think that there's nothing wrong with that. Genuinely. Yeah, I'd like it to not happen, but I also think it's necessary to happen to be well-rounded. So it's kind of a weird thing. Yeah. Like, it's that weird thing where, like, uh, you know, uh, you see it a lot with, like, parents and stuff where they have kids and they want to just give them the perfect life. You know, they don't want to give them any hardships, make it nice and easy for them. And then they, like, grow up. They're, you know, 20. And then everyone's like, why is my son such a fucking pussy? Yeah. Why is he so useless? Yeah, exactly. And it's like it's a it's a sick, depraved way to raise people. It, just it is. is. It's bad. bad. But I don't know. It, I would like if the suburbs were just a little more diverse, you know, like if you could still have that, you know, nice streets, well maintained everything. But like 
just let me meet a couple more different kinds of guys. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, the whole premise, that's, I just, I don't think that's, like, a a realistic thing. Like, I just think the whole premise of the suburbs is to create a bubble. And you're right about that completely. I just, I, I, there are aspects to the suburbs that I genuinely do like, but I don't think as a whole I could take them. Yeah. And like whenever I'm there for a little bit, I'm like, man, this is so nice. I'd love to live here. But anytime I'm there for like an extended period of time, I just start to go go crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I'm not looking forward to it, but like at this I don't I had to do it um cuz I wanted to be around my family while I fix this mental health shit, but like I'm getting out of there like as soon as I'm I feel ready. Like yeah. it's it's a uh, it's even the energy in the air like I just uh, it gives me the heebie-jeebies, man. Yeah, I hear you. Um, also, uh, like when Edward uh, gets out of jail for the break and enter yeah. that he got framed for, the dad rubbing it in with like pop quizzes that are all passive aggressive and shitty, like that reminds me so much of the way I was raised. Yeah, any like any mistake, like your dad's just like. So, uh, in the future, and you're like, you've already yelled at me about this for like, oh, dude, I hate it when dad, like you fuck up and dads are like, let me spend an hour explaining this to you. It's like, I knew I fucked up the moment it happened. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm good. How unself aware do you think I am? Seriously. I get that I'm dumb, but like, I can give me a chance here. Show me a a shred of respect. Yeah, people don't let you learn from your mistakes. They just, uh, they make you so mad that you're like, I'm going to go make another mistake. That's the thing. It's like anytime I've been yelled at, I just kept doing that shit out of spite again. Yeah, me too. And maybe that's like my shitty attitude. I don't know if that's a Look, I'm not saying I don't have a shitty attitude also, but it's just like I could have not. Yeah. It's like my shitty attitude is because you made me like that, dad. Well, I don't know about that. Yeah. For (laughs) me, I do know about that. Anything that's bad because of me is from my parents. Everything that's good, I put that together myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how I act sometimes, and I need to stop (laughs) acting like that. That's a really funny uh, sarcasm joke, though. Um, Yeah, it's so funny the way dads, like, try to teach you a lesson, but then, like, once the lesson is learned, they're just like... Hey, I just just double check it. You remember? You, hey, you remember every single lesson you ever learned in your entire life? And it's like, no, I don't. Yeah, dude. I when I when I got caught smoking weed, uh, like back in the back in the summer of 2014, uh, uh, in August, summertime like, 14. Dude, I was grounded for a month in the summer because I was smoking weed. Like a full half of my summer break grounded. It was whack. And like the whole time, like my dad would always check up on me and do like little talks. Yeah. Like the whole month. It's like I got caught at the beginning of the month. August like twenty sixth yeah. as late of. He would be coming down and being like, So, you know, how's everything going? Are you still not smoking weed? And it's like I can't t- I'm talking to all my friends on a secret DS right now. Like, <laughs> no, I'm not smoking weed. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. I um and I I I'm not uh I don't wanna like say that this punishment wasn't deserved but i just i think it's funny um because like when i was in uh grade eight i got uh alcohol poisoning mm-hmm. as we all know the ambulance came stomach pump big whole fucking thing yeah brad's then, this is like this feels like one of your core memories to me like one of the defining moments of your life uh would you say or no i'm not sure i don't think i bring it up that much do i talk about it a lot we've talked about it a fair amount hmm 
I I mean I, I what I think when I bring it up is this is just a funny story. Yeah, yeah. But maybe it is a defining thing. I'm not like uh, I don't know myself well enough to <laughs> comment on that yet. But I just think it's funny like the that happened and then like the next time I had a sleepover was when I was like 18 and I passed out on your couch. <laughs> <laughs> but was that because you were like banned from having sleepovers? Yeah. Oh, you were. Yeah. yeah Cause yeah. I had the, uh, when I stopped smoking weed, I like also did not have a sleepover until I was like for years after, uh, I still, it was probably like two years after, but even then, like, it, and it was only because I didn't even want to have, like, the talk with my parents of, like, so you're sure, you know, nothing bad's going to be going on here? Yeah, yeah, And all that stuff. Like, oh, man, it was all... I lied about all the friends I would hang out with just so I didn't even have to, like... Yeah. You know, come up that I'm hanging out with the same guys I used to. Like, if I wanted I mean, to hang yeah, out with my I... buddy Sean, he used to have to pick me up on the other side of the street. I'd, like, walk through the alley so my yeah. dad couldn't see. Yeah, what just I... nuts shit. What I like, I don't think that was a an unfair punishment. I think you know more power to you, and I probably deserved it. But what I will say is, um, there maybe the reason that that might be a defining moment in my life is because that was like the beginning of my world of lies. That I <laughs> yeah, created. yeah, yeah. Like, the, yeah. Same I, with mine. That's yeah. the same with the weed thing. The world of lies. I very much relate to you on. Yeah. Um. Anyway, because that's stressful. Weaving tall tales. Yeah, it is. And it's you don't realize how uh how much that actually affects you until a long time after. Oh, way after. Because once you start lying, it is so fucking easy to just lie to everybody about everything all yeah, the time. Exactly. And then you're next thing you know, you're twenty one years old and you're like, Who am I? Well it's fucked too when you start doing it that young and then it almost just become at least for me, it almost became like a reflex yeah. to just lie to people. Well yeah. I, I actively had to like train myself in my twenties to be like, you don't have to lie to everybody about nonsense, dude. Like you're not gonna get in trouble again. I'm literally still working on that. Like <laughs> I still catch myself doing it. Like I just did a joke, but I genuinely do lie to my therapist, <laughs> which is like that's the last person in the world I should be lying yeah, to. Seriously. Like you're just but cheating I'm, yourself out of money on but that, i'm that literally point. i'm caught in the fucking trap bro like yeah. i i fucked myself oh but. yeah man and that's like a real thing and that's why you should let your kids drink and smoke weed i think so they don't have to go through what we're going through now i mean i wouldn't go that far that's, i would just say um maybe if you're a person don't lie to everybody about everything i would say i don't think it's i would i would hesitate to blame my parents for any of that it's all my parents fault respect um, it's crazy how fast rumors spread, uh, in suburbia. Like, yeah. I feel like they don't do that. Like, well, I mean, I guess cause the city no just nobody knows each other. I feel like the I think speed it's just fucked up when you know your neighbors. Yeah. I don't think anyone should have any clue who they live beside. I know my neighbor, Mike, and I'm furious about it. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm furious about him, too, but I don't know him. <laughs> I, just, I don't like when he's around. Um, um, yeah, I feel like how fast a rumor spreads is directly proportional to how bored everybody is. Yeah, and also it's like you just have like you just have no principles because if someone spread a rumor about you, you'd be all fucking up in arms and pissed I'd off. I'd be ready to it. discuss it publicly. It's, it's like a weird cognitive dissonance that I think festers in that sort of environment where you're like, I'm perfect and all my friends are perfect. And if anyone else who comes by isn't perfect, well, then they can't be around us. Yeah, totally. 
Yeah. And it's like uh, very unhealthy and probably really just a way to not ever look at your own flaws. Yeah. I feel like it's just, yeah, like it's a cognitive dissonance you were saying. Everybody needs to lie to each other or else, you know, uh, they can't or simply because they can't face facts of uh, how fucking miserable and sad and dumb they are. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the jail thing and then the, the rumor spreading thing like it it really made me like actually mad and I don't get emotions from movies usually unless it's scared or mm-hmm. laughing and uh yeah i wanted to like throw my phone at the wall like yeah. i had to take a break from watching <laughs> this movie i had to go upstairs and like talk to my dog for a while that's so funny <laughs> i was like i had to ground myself man it was tough uh yeah do you so, have anything else not really what do you think our parents learned from this uh I think what they should have learned is to be realistic with yourself and your friends and yeah. also not be scared of people who are like a little different than you. Yeah. I don't know that they did. I hope that some did. Yeah. I feel like, cause that, that feels like a, I feel like I watched a lot of shit growing up where that was kind of the theme of it was, you know, be nice to others, uh, people's differences you know it makes the whole world more interesting and all that stuff and i feel like a lot of people feel like they got that on a surface level but never really put it into practice because that's totally yeah. a lesson my mom tried to teach me growing up like she was always a big proponent of like you know if there's a kid sitting alone you go say hi to him go hang out with him but now in practice it's like that is not how you act in in the yeah. world like all i do is see my parents you know divide and exclude people for sometimes superficial reasons yeah and uh i'm trying to think if that's how i act or not i'm trying to think if i act materially different than the people i've just spent an hour shitting on yeah i mean i I hope that i do but i also i'm sure that like i don't uh a lot of the other time um because i mean like i also grew up in the suburbs i grew up doing that exact same type of shit and the only reason that i'm aware of it now is that i don't live in the suburbs anymore and i see uh, a lot more people actively doing that and like you know whether it be at work or in comedy shit and i hate it i hate it so much and like i'm sure that i've participated it, uh, in it in the past tons of times but like i'm really actively trying very hard to not and uh put a stop to that yeah i uh yeah i like to think that i am trying my best um but I don't know what that like how much that actually means trying my best versus just like doing it. Yeah. And I mean, like, there also definitely is people who I actively don't like and will exclude from hanging out with me. Uh, and, you know, now I'm starting to question, like, are am I doing that based on what? Based on what reasons am I yeah. excluding and being mean to people? But what I will say is I do think it's fine to not like someone and not want to hang out with them and be mean to them. I just think uh, you can't be like trying to convince other people yeah, to feel yeah. the same way. I do think that's that's the and bad part. Cause that's, I have been a guy who does that before, especially, like even recently. Yeah. And um, I, I uh, would like to stop and never do that again. Yeah. And so if anyone ever catches me talking shit about somebody, uh, spreading rumors about somebody, or anything of that nature, I would like you to slap me or punch me. Love that we started off this podcast talking shit about people, too. 
Okay, but <laughs> I do think that's different because I think what I said just before that was you're allowed to that's not true, like someone true, if they true. slight you. That's true. I just I just really love how this podcast started versus how it's ending right yeah, now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, and we should all come together. Call me if I'm being yeah. rude to people. Hey, listen, we could have hung out. Yeah. We could have fucking talked about it. I would have been very nice if we could have like if we just sat down by a table and you were like, hey, I think you fucking suck and i'd be like okay you're allowed to think that but it had to turn into me shitting on bob the angry flower <laughs> and look i don't regret any of that and i don't think that's wrong to do either i still don't <laughs> so maybe i'm doing cognitive dissonance right now you can let me know in the fucking comments i'm sure somebody will tell me that i am yeah um I think our uh, parents simultaneously learned how to be goth and also to be afraid of goth people. Yep. Because this movie is like, I feel like it's a goth masterpiece, you know? Like, I almost, I'm worried that we've, like, done cultural appropriation by not having a goth person here alongside us to discuss (laughs) it today. Somebody in straps. Yeah, that's fucked up that it was your decision. I actually booked a goth person and you (laughs) said, uh, no, they are a bad guy who has wronged me before in the past. And so you shouldn't associate with them. (laughs) So actually you're the one who's a suburb guy, not me. Wrong. I'm a woke. Wrong about that. I'm a woke King. And, uh, everybody, no one has ever said anything bad about me because I'm always being nice. Yeah. Nobody's said anything bad about me because they know what will happen if they do. (laughs) (laughs) yeah and it's brad shows up at your house with a screwdriver and a balaclava i got a shooter and it's brad brad has a shooter and it's me we're we're each other's shooters (laughs) (laughs) we are both going to jail for a very long time um you have anything else to add i think that uh if you're watching this movie um Like, give it a bit more of a chance than just like, oh, this is a silly movie about a weird guy. Yeah, because I will say, like, sometimes if if you're not really looking at it as the, uh, hey, we haven't used this word in a while, as the allegory that it is. Oh, um, shit. What's it an allegory for? Well, it's an allegory for the emptiness and fucking shittiness of suburban life. The way that they love to dogpile on people because they have nothing going on normally. Uh the way they're culture vultures in a sense of they uh, want all the great shit that Edward gives them, but they don't want Edward himself. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's just kind of showing the shittiness and the selfishness of uh, people who look, you know, otherwise perfect on the outside. Yeah. And uh, it, it, it nails that. I will say like the first two thirds of this movie, it's a lot of, you know, kind of silly scenes Edward doing things. And once you get through that, like if you're not feeling it, uh, this is a movie worth sticking out. It fucking comes around beautifully. I genuinely really did like this movie. I was surprised also with how much I enjoyed it, but it was fucking solid. And I also should just say Johnny Depp kills it so hard in this. I really I really don't like having to, you know, bend the knee to the, you know, one of the biggest mainstream actors of all time. Yeah. But you got to kiss the ring some. You got to kiss the scissor. He's excellent. Yeah. He does such a good job. Yeah. I on I would like to say that this is a, a very well acted movie. I don't think I did I disliked any actor's performance in no, this movie. Everyone was great. Everyone was genuinely great. Even the people I hated, they did an amazing job. Yeah, I went into this thinking it would just be sort of like a silly romp like Death Wish or something mm-hmm. like that. Um but I, I do think there's a lot of genuine substance here. Yeah. And I think that uh you should watch it. Yeah. I also think you should watch this.
This has been Your Parents Watched This, brought to you by Comedy Here Often and also the United Fruit Company. That's a new one. Yeah. Uh, it basically still means the CIA, though. Uh, thank you for listening, and we will kiss you on the flip side. Brad, do you have any uh, shows you want to plug? Um, oh, yeah. Me and Kian will be in Medicine Hat August 21st. I'll be in Red Deer the 22nd. I have more dates that are sooner than that, but that's all I can really remember off the top of my dome. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll be in uh, St. Albert on uh, Saturday, this, uh, August 7th. I'll be in uh, yeah, Medicine Hat with Bradley on the 21st. Uh, I will be hosting Black Bar on White Ave in Edmonton on uh, the 10th. And um, Brad and I are doing shows at the comic strip every Wednesday in August, so please come out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I got some other Red Deer shit and some St. Albert shit. I don't know. Yep. Check, look, look around. I'll have some more dates coming up in September soon. And uh, that's comedy, baby. Come to our show, listen to our podcast, leave a nice review on iTunes. Nobody did yet, and I know you all heard our last episode. So Yeah. Mwah. Mwah. Mwah.